time I, I think it was the first time I ever did. Damn, we're live. Oh, okay. I think, it was the first time I, I think it was the first time I ever did Murph. I, I was uh, at a track with a buddy of mine. It was probably 2014. And uh, it was pretty brutal in the middle of it. <laughs> and I just had this thought to myself that I was only doing it for myself. Um, I know that the hero would have taken on a different meaning for me since then, but that was the original thought. And a um, while later, I made these shirts. Very simple logo. I drew it myself and had someone design it. Put it on this morning. Audience of one. I like it. Audience of one. How many shirts of those were made? How many How many of those were made? Maybe a dozen. Later on, I had a... Uh, I had a group of friends who were uh, Christian and they liked the concept, but I think more from a Christ centered perspective. So I made the same logo, but instead of the man's um, shadow, it was a cross and I made some of those for them. I'm not sure if I have one or not of those anymore. We're early. We're early. That's very yeah, unusual. Um, s- since we're early, I would uh, like to share um some things um someone sent me someone sent me this this morning have you ever seen these this better not be the humbler again no no that was that was gross the humbler was disgusting why did you do that to me these are couldn't you just do that on your live call-in show these are the these are latex underwear that you can if you think you're going to get oral you wear them in advance so basically the same as the Humbler. No, the Humbler was a, 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 some sort of weird uh, games same equipment. Same that, line of thinking, though. That I think Rogue was going to make. Uh, I, I also uh, saw this this morning. Maybe This, this workout is... will start with the Humbler and end with the Tumbler. Like that kind of thing? <laughs> the Tumbler. I also saw this this morning. No, not Lawrence, but um, this. Uh, didn't you – did your working title change – in the more, I'm going to read it. I'm going to edit this in real time. I apologize for whoever sent this to Lauren, but I think I'm going to read what I think you meant to write. Did your working title change uh, at the morning chalk up? And is that a promotion? She says, yes, now I'm working full time for morning chalk up, which started this week. So it looks like she, they gave her a new shirt and a new title. <laughs> and um, it looks like she's st- stealing the hairstyle of the three playing brothers. Prior to that, I was technically a part-time contractor for Morning Chalk Up and working full-time at my CrossFit affiliate. But because I have a huge passion, not but, and because I have a huge passion for what I do, I ended up working 65 to 70 hours a week, leaving no time to hunt mates. Now I work at the Morning Chalk Up and I have time to hunt down mates and provide high quality content for the CrossFit community. You know, did you ask her that question? Because you asked me that question yesterday. What? Oh, hi, Caleb. Uh, What question? Whether she has a boyfriend or she has time to hunt mates? No, about if her position at the morning chalk up had changed. No, I didn't ask her, but I, so I'm, asked, I'm oh, guessing I'm yeah. guessing someone heard that question that I asked you and then posted it to her account. She says, now I'm full-time and I can really sink my teeth into my craft. I didn't want to give up coaching completely, though, so I still have a class at my affiliate. So she's moonlighting. She still should, it's, still a, it's still a lack of uh, – sorry, Caleb, I'm stealing your, your job. And, and finally um, – oh, shit, I'm – my shit was live right there. What was I showing? Damn it. I shouldn't be doing this. 
finally, um, Lauren Cleal says, I'm getting out of my at-home studio to go on the road and cover the Madrid championships. Not bad for a first gig now that I'm a full-time YouTuber. All of this disgusts me. It does? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I'm happy for the competition. Competition makes everyone grow. This is fantastic. So that's that. Uh, someone in the comments yesterday on the show, we, we had a caller calling from Canada, and we talked about the uh, injection during the show. And yep. someone in the comments said, That's awesome. hey, That's so uh, great. enough of that. Stop doing that. This show is not for you if you want me to stop doing that. <laughs> I say that with peace and love. If you don't like it, you can just do what I do, which is, you know, check your text messages while they're having that conversation and wait to get yeah. back to the topic at hand. Although you did you did stick around for the um, latex underwear, but the tumbler did not interest you. The humbler tumbler. The humbler tumbler. Uh, Caleb, do you know what this show's about? <laughs> I didn't send you notes. This is the 30 greatest women oh, of all time. Man. This is the list where Laura Horvath moved five ever. places. What? Huh? Who? The greatest women ever? The greatest CrossFit women of all time who've ever stepped onto the CrossFit Games playing field. If you have competed in at least three CrossFit Games, you are eligible to be on this list. That's the bear. That's the buy-in. That's why Katie Henniger wasn't even thought about. Nope. And Tanya Wagner, who has a better resume than um, Katie uh, Henniger, but uh, Barbell Spin did not feel like mentioning Tanya Wagner in this questioning. That's because Katie makes more money. Oh, so he's trying to appease Katie and he doesn't care about Tanya? So Tanya was only in the 2008 and no, 2009. She, they both were there twice. Yes, they both were there twice. I think Katie and, the, and, and Katie, I think, pulled out of the 2009 games. Well, yeah, that, that might be. Uh, Tanya had a second and a first and Katie had that, uh, obviously, that win. And then the next year, she's listed as finishing 62nd. But uh, maybe she pulled out at some point. Uh, the other criteria for uh, making it onto this list. Uh, and by the way, thank you, Brian, for doing this. This is so cool. This list needs to live somewhere. I don't know why the CrossFit Games Morning Chalk Up or the Sevon Podcast has not made a page <laughs> where this shit just lives. Like someone just someone needs to just own this space. Brian's just putting it out there. Just steal his shit and put it out there. Uh, he's not factoring in uh, team performances or outside competitions, such as Rogue, Wadapalooza, Dubai, etc. Primary statistics were podium finishes, top 10 finishes, number of years qualified, average finishes across a career event wins. Um, that You'll see more of that. You don't need to uh, memorize and, that. But one. the last bullet on there is probably the most important one that people are, I think, neglecting. And I knew that this was a risk by putting out so much data. Because I wanted it to be a little bit more transparent. Last year, we just had a list. And if Camille blanc Bazinet showed up 15 on the list, not a lot of people were asking that many questions about it. If Chris Spieler showed up 25th on the list or 24th, wherever he was, not a lot of people were asking that many questions about it because they're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. When you see the numbers alone and you don't think about anything else, there are certain athletes that look out of place high and out of place low because they might have an impressive number of appearances. And there are actually athletes that aren't even on the top 30 list that if you saw those numbers, you also might say, huh, how come that person's not on the list? They have a, a much better average event finish over their seven appearances than Margot Alvarez, who gets the last spot on this list, for example. 
But that's because of the last part, which is that the numbers don't always tell the full story. People who like what I do, they know that I like to use the numbers to drive thought processes and to try to arrive at conclusions. Um, but there are always other things to consider. And, you know, I am sure other people have done this as well, but like I have gone back uh, and watched every iteration of the CrossFit Games that I can at least five times. And in watching those things, a lot of times I'm looking at these athletes and I'm learning about them and I'm evaluating different things. And like uh, I think Michael Brink, who does the graphics for these, commented, you know, it's really it is it is true that I do factor in when they competed, where they competed, who they competed against when I'm you know, trying to make specific decisions. So in some cases, there might be a group of three athletes and I'm like, man, it's really difficult to to de delineate between these three athletes and I have to go to a different, you know, then that's where I have to bring in my, like what I know about the athletes, what I know about their games, career, and all of those things start to come into play. So ladies and gentlemen, there is a spirit of the games component to his decision-making. <clears throat> There's just some things that are, you can't quantify with those numbers. So. Uh, what would you, um, did you, did you ever cross cross? Oh, Sorry, I must take this call. Welcome to the Sevon Podcast, and let me please introduce to you our best caller of all time, Mister. Who is it, Caleb? Tell me. Can you guess? Uh, 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 uh. Caleb. Oh, I can't hear you. Who is it, Caleb? Who? The Mars. Mars. Jeez, Mars is old. Mars is so 2021. Mister Jamal Smith. Oh. Thank you, guys. Good morning. I haven't, even, I haven't even got one question out, and you already want to hijack the show. Okay, give it to Brian. Well, I, I, I just wanted to ask Brian a quick question about the list. Uh, I know you're doing only the uh, games experience, uh, experience for these athletes, but what do you think the – would there be a big difference if you did include uh, some of the out-of-season events? Oh, that's a good question. For some because you're in a role. That's three great, great questions in a row from you over a, a three week period. I appreciate it. Oh, well, no problem. Some, yeah. For some people. Sure. You know, um, like Sarah Sigmund's daughter, for example, has a really good out of, out of CrossFit game season competition resume. And Kristen clever, for example, has no resume because there weren't any out of season competitions for athletes to compete in when she was competing in the sport. So although Sarah's already is ahead of Kristen on the list, if you started to factor those things in, yeah, you could certainly make a case that Sarah could be higher, I guess. Right, right. No, I, I think the way you do the list is perfect, but I just thought about that because another big athlete that I would say, probably the biggest athlete that would have the uh, most impact is uh, uh, Roman Krennikov. Yeah, obviously his game's uh, experience is limited, and then his... Uh, his out of season competition, he's got some pretty impressive results. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, Savon, you can have your show back. Cheers. Thank you. Peace and love. Nice I almost guy. forgot about this show. Uh, eat a dick. Okay. Um, Turn on your notifications, Michael. Jeez. Michael Birch. Is that Jeffrey's son? He's that kid. That kid's too old to be Jeffrey's son. Brian, have you ever crossed? Um, cross-pollinated the list. Have you ever looked at and seen uh, what would it look like? It, um, Graham Holmberg's placement versus like Camille's placement. Like, 
Do they have the same number of appearances? Do they have the same number of wins, placements, et cetera? But then notice that Graham is like 25th, but Camille is 15th or some shit like that. I just made all of that up. I don't know if any of the, the data I gave you is right, but the spirit of what I'm trying to propose, have you looked at that yet? Uh, I mean, we did at uh, all-time top 10, you and I, and obviously I evaluated more than 10 athletes before making that list. I don't really love doing it, male, a male to female, because I think that the competitions are dramatically different, but uh, I guess probably in the detail you're asking, no. Because it, it is interesting, there in your post uh, on your Instagram account, which I'm sure eventually Caleb will show, um, there is there, – oh, there it is. Uh, oh, yeah, you already did show this. Sorry, Caleb. For that, for that sassy remark, um, there is Camille at fifteenth, and in the comments, you know that that is uh, one of the bigger topics <clears throat> talked about. Where, and, but when I think of Camille, I sort of think of her as a Graham Holmberg. Uh-huh. Do, do you see the, the comparison? Sure, like, Graham Holmberg I, was fifteenth on the men's list. Oh, he was. Well, shit, then I nailed it. I didn't even know that. I would have thought he was lower since the men's field is there, I mean, yeah, she's got more She's got more of appearances than him. Obviously, the same number of titles. He actually has an additional uh, – they have the same, the same number of podiums, and they have uh, – she has uh, more appearances, more event wins, and a slightly better average. But in general, the women on the list have more appearances uh, because there's less depth overall in the field. They usually can have longer careers and do, um, you know, better over time. So for example, on the men's field, there were, there are two people on the list and Miko Sale and Justin Medeiros who only have three qualifications on the women's field. There's none. Everyone on the list has at least four and the men's field. There's, uh, just a handful that have eight or more on the women's field. There's like quite a few of those, including, I think, I don't know. Everyone is off the list. There's some people with seven that are off the list, but yeah, so there's just, it's, it's, it's just generally easier for the women to accumulate more appearances. Obviously, quality appearance of those appearances still matters. What time did you wake up this morning? I'm tired today. I don't know. I, I, I slept a lot, but I'm just tired. Did you, have you taught a class yet? No. Did you work out? No, I've been uh, working on preparations for a competition I'm hosting October 1st. What's the name of the competition? Uh, I don't know. PFT Throwdown. It's, uh, two guys and a girl. You're ho- you're, oh, I like that. That's a good name. You're hosting it and you barely know the name? It's just an in-house in, in, in competition. James, are you near an airport? In, uh, well, yes. A small one. Oh, interesting. A small one, yes. Because I'm hearing planes take off by Caleb and you. I'm wondering if you guys are in the same building. Uh, no, it just happens. Damn coincidence. Okay. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay, I'm going to make this quick because I called about two weeks ago talking about how I do not like Brian. And you told me to rethink it and, and come up with a more articulate explanation. And so I have spent the last two weeks reflecting and I realized that I do not hate Brian. Wow. I wow. do not. Wow. He is, in fact, a good dude. And He's a fag? What did you say? Time, He's a what? He's a fag? No. Oh, I thought you just said he is he is a fag. Sorry, I, I missed her. Oh no, I said I said I said he is in fact a good dude. Oh good. I had a hard time putting the seal of approval on him, but after consuming more of his material, I reluctantly say Brian is a good dude. Um he is very objective. My only beef is that Kristen Clever would not even get in the top forty 
in the CrossFit Games right now. But Brian, I'm sorry, man. You're a champ. You mean you mean so you're saying that at her peak, if we threw her in the mix, she couldn't she couldn't be um she couldn't make the games today at her peak. Yes, we need to talk peaks. Okay. We have okay. to talk peaks. All right, James. That that's good. We'll address that right now. I appreciate you, brother. Thank All you right, for yeah. uh you're growing spiritually as a human being. I'm trying, I'm trying. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. People in the comments in the YouTube comments yesterday said you were sassy. Me? Yeah. About what? I have no idea. They just said you were sassy. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so, so what? What about that? What about? Let's talk about that before we dig into s- some more numbers. Are, do you take the athletes as at their peak and consider um, what they would look like the the guys from the Stone Age to modern times? I mean, that's tough. Like I, I've tried to do this with basketball in the past. I know it's not a basketball show, but if you took Dwight Howard's best season in the NBA, you might say he's the best center to ever play the game. He was literally unstoppable. He was 75% from the floor. He was getting 18 rebounds a game. He was blocking six shots a game, but he wasn't able to sustain those numbers over a long period of time. If you take Michael Jordan's best five years and look at them, all of them are like incredible compared to any other shooting guard that's ever played. Um, it'd be like five of the best 10 years ever. So if you're just talking about peak, you're only looking at one year, uh, probably. And then that's a little bit different. And that's where you might, you know, that's what I was talking about. A guy like Lucas Hogberg yesterday, like he can't, or the last week, like he comes up, he has this amazing year. He was the third best in a pretty competitive field that year. He's not in my top 30. He's not even really close to the top 30 because he wasn't able to stay in that over time. And I think that there's something to be said for that too. What's, you know, Kristen Clever, four years at the games, fourth, first, second, fourth. And then in her fifth year, she took a 32nd. So her average event, you know, or average placements 8.6 is weighed down heavily by that 32nd. Over four years, she was averaging a second place finish at the games, basically like 2.25 or something like that, which looks very similar to Julie Fouché, four years, 3.8. I don't see anyone saying anything really that but negatively about Julie Fouché. And I have Kristen, you know, a few spots ahead of her, having done it one more year, having gotten a win, having had a better four-year stretch than she had. And yeah, maybe both of them would just get obliterated by the entire field right now. I'm not really sure. I think that they could both hold their own, maybe not be in the top 10 uh, against the best 10 women ever. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I think that I saw that Justin Kotler put a little emoji in the in the comments probably because he wants Gary Pierce a bet ahead of Kristen Clever as the greatest American women of all time. I found that post passive aggressive, by the way, Mr. Kotler. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming that he's referring to. Um, and, and yeah, like when you look right there, I think Patrick Clark pointed it out, like uh, nine through 14 are the first American women that pop up on the list. And there's a string of six of them in a row. And it is you know, pretty difficult to just to say for sure if Christy Aramo is better than Julie Fouché or Kristen Clever is better than Carrie Pierce. Like this, this is an area where if you have a, that opinion that Carrie is better than Kristen, I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. This is just, you know, how I ended up splitting those hairs. Did you, did, did you, th- did you also have a rule? I feel like in the, in the men's, you were very hesitant or you maybe even had a firm rule not to move people around who, who had, who had already placed and yeah. hadn't competed. I mean, Carrie Pierce is often referred to as the greatest female American to ever uh, participate 
uh, at the CrossFit Games, and yet you have her behind Kristen. Yeah, and it's I mean that that's really tough because you look at their resume. You know, obviously Kristen won one, Carrie didn't. Um, Kristen has two podiums. Yeah, you're looking at there uh, six event wins. Yeah, you know, so some of her numbers are better. Carrie has one additional top ten. Um, but like I said, if you take out that one year for Kristen, that event average drops to 2.25 over four years. It's like pretty impressive four-year stretch. It's not very often replicable. Uh, and I weigh that pretty heavily. Um, so, uh, the, the person who moved the most on this list is, is Laura Horvat. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, there were hardly, there was very, very little movement on this list. And she comes up five places. Um, is, is it okay to share some of this stuff that you mentioned to me yesterday offline about Laura Horvat and, and, and about the, the the way the events played out? And then from there, yeah, for tell sure. Us that article is actually public on Morning Chalk Up now too. Okay, and they put a post up about it this morning that shows the graphical representation of what I was telling you. Which is the article is about Mallory O'Brien and Laura Horvat, and it's looking at them as probably the two most likely female athletes to win the games next year. If Chris, if Tia Kartumi retires, obviously they finished second and third this year and their experiences at the games were quite different. Mal had a six in event one. She was in first place after the second event and she was never in anything other than first or second, the rest of the weekend that included wearing the leader's Jersey for four consecutive events. Laura had a really slow start to the week. She got all the way down to 16th place at one point, and she was able to, you know, have this what people are calling this incredible charge on the weekend to ascend back into podium contention and take third place at the CrossFit Games. But if you slide to the next slide over, well, Mike Halpin helped me with this. What we did was we inverted the events, and now you see Laura's in red here. She actually would have been in first place for five consecutive events. And I added five leader jersey. This is if you start with Jackie Pro and work the events in reverse order. And you would have had basically the total inverse storyline where Laura would have been never outside of fourth place the entire competition. She would have been in fourth, first, second, third, or, or the entire time, still obviously ending up in third. And Mal would have been all the way down in 12th after a few events and then had that steady climb back kind of Basically, we're in an inverse situation for the two athletes, and we would have been talking about Miles' resiliency and her climb back up here to improve upon her placement from last year. And it would have been just another ho-hum pedestrian you know, podium finish for Laura with no real drama involved. So that's just to highlight that the order of the events really matters. And also, just as a reminder to people when they're watching any competition, not to go too crazy just because someone had a great first event or a great day one, but that you know, in general, the entire test needs to be considered before, uh, you know, before you want to make an, a, you know, a conclusion about how the athletes competition or weekend went. I want to, those of you who are looking at your screen, look closely. Now I'm going to explain this to you and I'm going to make some small edits to these, uh, graphs. Uh, can, can you go back a slide here? If, if you look at this graph, the blue line shows, um, that uh, Mal O'Brien, this is this is how the event actually played out. And you see Mal O'Brien. Basically, those are points. And because the blue line is on top of the red line, you see that she was ahead of Laura Horvat the entire competition. Now, what, what would have been nice is if we knew what next to each of those dots, they wrote what place the athletes were in. That's in the article. You know, she's just trying to take the whole article that I wrote and make it into a digestible format for something on Instagram. 
Hey, I don't interrupt you. Please don't interrupt me. And uh, that was a joke, Brian. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, and next slide. Um, and this is this is when he told me this yesterday. I was tripping. This is so good. I'm just repeating what Brian said. This is if you play the events in reverse. Laura Horvat would have been wearing the first place jersey for five consecutive events at the white one. It would have said Horvat on it. You could buy it like in a store or something now. And it's one of those things that, you know, Chad Schroeder keeps a, a, a record of all of the athletes who have ever wore the leader jersey and the number of time they've worn it. And that's something that Sean Woodland will sometimes represent an accolade for an athlete, whatever. But the order of events has such a dramatic impact on that that I don't really consider it to be that significant of a factor uh, historically. Like I'm not, you know, that's why I don't include something like leader jerseys worn at the CrossFit Games when I'm considering this list because I think it's basically irrelevant. This is an exact exact uh, representation of why that's irrelevant because Mal accumulated four of those statistics this year. Laura accumulated zero. But if you flip the events inversely, Laura would have accumulated five and Mal would have got zero. Yeah, it's crazy. That's but really at the end cool of the day, Mal beat Laura at the competition overall. That's what I'm looking at when, I, when I'm assessing this. And it would have been a comeback story for Mal and not Laura. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, and then, you know, the rest of the article goes on to talk about uh, what their competitions looked like this year compared to last year. And yeah. And then, um, it also just projects what's most likely for the two of them in terms of their potential to win next season. Uh, Jeremy would like us to start the list. Uh, oh. Can we go to number 30? Uh, I haven't, it's Margot Alvarez. Is Brian already leaked out at the beginning of the show? Brian, who is, who, is, there, a, is there a slide of crumbs? We have a crumb slide? <laughs> Not a crumb slide. There were two athletes that were, um, are there two? I think there were two athletes that were bumped out here for the, the addition of Daniel Brandon and Gabriel McGow on the list, those were Tennille Burline or Tennille Reed and Carrie Kepler. Ones that it was hard, like like they were close. Mm-hmm. Uh, notable names eligible next season. Mal O'Brien's not eligible this season? She's only been to the games twice as an individual. Crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, Ariel Lowen, games twice. Ellie Turner, twice uh, from Australia. Uh, eligible names who could jump up next year. I, yeah, Emma Quaid already has four appearances, but I didn't think that it, that those four appearances weighed any better than the bottom of this list yet. Terry Helgadotter has seven appearances. Emily Rolf has three. Jack Dalstrom has three. Um, Danny Spiegel has four. Karen Freyover has three. And then some of the older school athletes that are not on this list that I considered, Cassie Lance McWhorter, Anna Tobias, Caroline Reason T. Bow. Interesting, actually, is Bethany Shadburn. Um, so apparently, she is making a run back at the games next year. She also should could be on, added to that list there. If you I have a good name. source for that? Yep. What's her camp? Well, who's she training with? I don't know any of that, but Jason CF Media uh, Borrowed some of our conversation about Bethany from the top 100 women of all time and then reached out to her to ask her what her plans were going forward. And she said that she's planning to attempt to qualify for the games again next year. Wow. Uh, Emily Bridgers, Danny Haran, Telena Fortunato, and Jennifer Astle, I think you pronounce it, uh, are also athletes that I'd. Oh, Bridgers. It's amazing that Thurie's not on the list. Call her high. 
Hey, Savon, how's it going, man? Good. All right. I have a quick question for Brian. Um, probably not really on par with what you guys are discussing right now, but uh, Hiller obviously made a video about Tia potentially being on uh, some performance-enhancing drugs. And I know, Savon, you don't, you don't like that idea, but um, let's say a couple months from now, Tia is drug-tested and she actually pops. Does that remove her completely from the uh, top 30 list? Or is she still considered the most dominant of all time? I don't really feel like entertaining this question. I knew it. I thought about saving you, and I was like, fuck that. I want to see how Brian swims around with this one. Hey, dude, here, here's the question. Let me, Andrew, do you mind if I rephrase your question for Brian? Please do. Brian, what if someone what if someone on your list pops? What would that do to their um I would probably uh, wait to see how CrossFit handles that. You know, in the case of like I'm thinking about Sean Ramirez, uh Masters athlete. I think he won three. And Andrew, of- he's using Sean cuz he's an act- it's an actual uh, event. Uh, Brian doesn't like the speculation, I think that it, basically he doesn't want to entertain dragging Tia's name through the mud at all, which I don't blame him. Sean Ramirez, a master's athlete. I believe he won either three or four years in a row. I think it was four in the master's 40 to 44 division. And then he failed the drug test in either his fourth or his fifth year competing. Um, I don't think that they, uh, like, I don't think CrossFit's position was to go back and say we're stripping him of all these other titles because he passed a drug test in those years to receive his prize and his championship. Um, and I just have a feeling that they would do the same thing in that regard as they would say like, yeah, she failed the drug test now, but we tested her every year for seven years, eight years, whatever it was. And she passed all those drug tests and we can't like just assume that because she failed this one, that she would have failed, you know, that she was trying to cheat the system in all those years, no matter what the outside uh, people want to say. And in that case, I'd say her resume still holds up. Wow. You did get him to, to speculate. Good job, Andrew. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Okay. I respect that, not wanting to drag her name through the mud. Uh, I mean, it's tough. It's like when you're talking about if if we were going to do a list of greatest Masters athletes of all time, you know, Sean's not obviously the best one. He is, you know, his resume on its own, even taking out the year that he didn't, that he failed the drug test is very, very good. I think he was four for four in wins. Uh, You know, so it's like, is that a top 10 Masters athletes of all time? probably, but it just doesn't feel that good to say, to say that about uh, someone after that happens to him. Um, if you, you know, let's say Ricky Garrard goes on to have five great years at the game, starting with this year and he passes his drug test every year. It's, you know, it, 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 for me, it doesn't feel as bad because that was five, it was five years, four years before that he failed the drug test. He was punished for it. He came back and now he's proven that he can still do it with the ability to pass the drug tests. That feels better than the other way around. I think. Tough conversation. Tough question. Uh, I'm confused why anyone ever thought Bethany wasn't going to compete next year. She's been saying all along that she was focusing on her health so she can make another run. She can say all she wants. If you can't see why someone's confused, she hasn't been there in two years. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, there are certain injuries that you just never know. Back injury is tough. Like it's it's one of those things. I'm, you know, I have full confidence that uh, uh, people can recover from that. But like Emma Carey's in the same situation. You know, she had this back injury at 17 years old. 
it's not like it's not that encouraging so until either one of them comes back and shows me that they can compete again at the level that they were i'm just a little hesitant to um how, how far do you think someone how far do you think someone has to get before you say that um they competed in the season yeah, like if you let's say you don't make it out of the open, you're like, I'm gonna compete. I'm going. I'm competing in the CrossFit Games this year, and you don't make it past the open. Did you compete in the CrossFit Games? In the CrossFit Games season? Yeah. And you didn't CrossFit. make it out of the open? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say I I signed up for the CrossFit Games season and and competed until I was eliminated from the competition last year, and it was after the open. Yeah, I wouldn't. If you once you've been to the games, if you don't make it. I don't know, at least to the last chance qualifier. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I give you a, a you competed. Fucked around. Okay, number 30. Uh oh I, I Brian g- going back to the crumb list, oh, I I didn't understand the difference really between those two lists. Your the top list is people who just aren't eligible yet and the bottom people are people like they are eligible, but I didn't think that the current criteria that they have accumulated over their career warranted a top 30 placement. But um, but these people are so close to going on the list that basically if they just make it to the games one more time, regardless of their positioning, there's a good chance they might pop up. I don't know. Like, Terry Helgadotter is a great example. Um, it's pretty it's pretty tough. Like, her, these are her event finishes at the CrossFit Games. 35th, 28th, 22nd, 19th, 18th. 13th, 9th. For 2022? Those were her, no, those are her finishes in oh, her career, okay. in her okay. seven appearances at the game. Sorry, I probably okay. misspoke there. So she's got one top 10 finish. It was ninth place. It was in 2019. And it was the only person who made the top 10 that she beat was Anna Fragkow, who failed the drug test, which is why she beat her. So she got last place amongst the people who made the top 10. We've gone over the list from 2019 before of the people who just got cut at the very end. Daniel Brandon, Annie Thor's daughter, Carolyn Prevo, Alessandra Percelli, Laura Horvath, Brooke Wells, Carolyn Reason Tebro, Sam Briggs, Emily Rolf, Sarah Sigma's daughter, and Emma McQuaid. Those athletes, I think that at least five and possibly eight of them would have beaten her over the course of the weekend if they'd been able to continue in the competition. So that ninth place finish, this is a good example where the stats don't always tell a story. I'm not very impressed by that ninth place finish. I'm far more impressed by Turi's 13th place finish last year at the CrossFit Games. And I would consider that to be her best ever uh, CrossFit Games season. But if you look on this list, at the, la- you know, the last people that are on the list, which is obviously who I'm comparing her with, then you see people like Margot Alvarez and Stacey Tovar. And the resumes are similar. Uh, you know, they're similar to that. And I'm just, uh, you know, you see like Stacy's got uh, an 11th and a 12th and a 14th. Those are like three comparable finishes to Turi's best finish. I could see, I could, I guess I could see, I mean, Turi's, she is the, like probably the one that was the next one on the list. So. She, um, Thurry's the one that didn't make it off the row in the final event this year, right? One of the two, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, ama- she's, she's pretty amazing, right? She's one of those outliers that just keeps giving. Terry's incredible. And, uh, I think <clears throat> underappreciated by, by uh, almost everyone and in, in, including her own country. Uh, you know, I often, remind people that she's got i mean look look at the other women from iceland obviously annie has 11 appearances catching has nine sarah has seven and turi has seven 
So that's pretty uh, pretty good company in terms of appearances, but obviously her appearances at the games haven't been at the same caliber as those others, and so she doesn't get the same recognition. She's been doing it a long time. Um, she, do, I mean, if you've ever uh, been around her, she's she's pretty tiny, and it's impressive how much she can lift uh, and how well she can do and continue to compete over a long period of time, but it's hard list to get on. Uh, Stacey Tovar pioneered the booty shorts. I don't think that that's true. Oh, really? That was the only reason I included it on the list, so I'll probably just take her off it now. You know who pioneered those? Anyone? Want to take a stab at it? Was a young lady who's now a police officer named Libby DiBiase. And if you type in her name, you will see those. I appreciate that. I think Stacy took them maybe to the next level. But it was, uh, I think Libby showed up to the 2008 games wearing those or 2009 games. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Sixth place, 2009. Or 2008, excuse me. She also competed in 2009. I'm not sure which year she wore the booty shorts. Libby, yeah. And if you look at the picture, we'll just, uh, they were red ones. Okay, yeah, it's, it's that picture with the uh, her in the white shirt. And yeah, there she is. And she's a, she was a uh, I want to say she was a track star at like Omaha or Nebraska or she's a cop now. That's a cool lady too, a cop and a mom. Super cool. Uh, she's a kid with uh, Joe Westerland from the um, L one <laughs> seminar team. Cool couple. I thought it was you, Savon. No, it was not me. I did wear a lot of sleeveless shirts then, but no, no booty shorts. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I, I like that. Uh, I like those. I need to see the rest of the list. Let's go. Let's. That's the thirty-seven minutes in. Enough of this dilly dallying, Savon. Someone already paid us five dollars. Jeremy Eat World paid us five bucks to get moving. <laughs> um. Okay. One more question before we get to the list. Number one is Tia Toomey. Do you think Brian, you'll, in your lifetime, you'll see someone um take her off that? Uh, number one spot in my lifetime. Yeah. Mm. Assuming you're going to live another fifty years. That is such a hard question. Uh, it'll be tough. It would be tough. No, no, Mal O'Brien, Kerstetter. I mean, the thing, like, the thing is, there's obviously some very good women coming right now, but to do it. Like if, let's just say Mal's going to do it. She's going to have to beat Laura continuously. She's going to have to beat Gabby, Haley, Emma Lawson, Emma Carey, Olivia Cursor, like Haley. There are a lot of challengers that are right there that um, that's tough, tough to beat. And I think it's going to happen. Here's why they, they had a, we had, we had Froning, then we had Fraser. Now we have Medeiros. And I think that the women are just a couple champions behind. We have Toomey and, uh, and I think she knows. I think that's why she's coming back too. I think she knows. I gotta, I gotta get another one. It's I gotta make yeah. it that much harder. Yeah. Uh, may, I mean, it's hard. It's a. It would be. It'll be tough. Her resume is very, very impressive. Um, but I don't think it's out. I don't think it's impossible. I, you know, I think we learned that after Rich, or after uh, Matt, really. Why? Why Michelle Kinney, uh, least amount of appearances, but ahead of. Uh, Christy Phillips, Elizabeth Akinwali, Stacey Tovar, and Margot Alvarez. What do you see that uh, makes uh, Kinney above these these other four women? Uh, just pretty consistent during the time that she competed. Um, you know, not at a 
It's not like a super flashy resume. It's not a name that I think a lot of people often think about, but um, for, you know, four year run pretty, pretty good. Uh, and I think that pretty much from like, uh, where are they on this list? Uh, probably from like uh, Michelle Latendre and down. So 23 and down, you know, those are just going to disappear from the list over the next uh, three years, probably three to four, three to five years. I, I think that um, you have to put so much weight on appearances. Eight appearances is insane. Yeah. All right. Next slide. I think I think Kenny is in the wrong spot, and I don't think you did a good job of defending her position. Okay. All right. Uh, number twenty-one, Danielle Brandon. I didn't even know Danielle Brandon was in the two thousand nineteen games until just now when you said it. Well. She's technically listed as tenth, but she was she was eleventh. A frag cow was removed from the list after failing a drug test. So, pretty unfortunate for Danielle. She missed by one by one place, and there was obviously an athlete ahead of her who took a spot that was doing it uh, against the rules. Otherwise, you know, she probably would have gotten some of the fame and, and notoriety and popularity that she has now um, a year or two earlier. It's um. And she didn't really have any of that popularity in 2019, did she? No. Uh, you know, for a large part, she was uh, an unknown that year. It was her first year. Um, it was a massive field. And basically, until you got down to the top 10, uh, there wasn't a lot of drama. Additionally, the person who was, I think, maybe one point and one place behind her who also got cut was Annie Thor's daughter. And that was a much bigger deal than the unknown Daniel Brandt. Uh, uh, back in, in the era when I paid attention to the games, uh, China Cho and Latondra were the big names. Those were big names. They stepped on. Venezuela the, too. They stepped. They, yeah. She even has an event win. Was that a lifting event? Uh, where are you looking? Uh, Lindsay Valenzuela's, uh, I don't did think I see an event win. Oh, she did. Oh no, she doesn't. Sorry. Okay. I confused it with podium. Michelle, Michelle Latondra, two event wins. Are you sure Danielle should be 21 already? <laughs> uh, yeah, Michelle Latondra won uh, one of the most famous events in CrossFit Games history that nobody remembers that she won it because they only remember Rich and Josh doing a battle on push-pull, but she won that for the women, and she also won the pool event with the swimming and the bar muscle-ups here before. Am I sure they should be number 21 and 22 on the list? Also on the, is number 20 on the list is Amanda Barnhart. I kind of just grouped Barnhart, Brandon, and Magawa together here. Uh, <clears throat> they have very similar resumes. Amanda has one extra year than the other two. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with them being here. Um, five, four, and four appearances in this era. Stacks up, I think, pretty well against six, four, and six from Latondra Valenzuela and um, Cho. And, uh, you know, they've all been able to get at least a couple finishes inside the top 10 um, already. Uh, yeah, I think it's okay spot for them to be. I think that over the next couple of years, uh, Amanda, Danielle, and Gabrielle will separate a little bit. They won't stay grouped on this list. I think that probably one or two of them will emerge and surpass the other one. Um, and we'll see how high up they can move. Hmm. Was this list harder than the men's list? Yep. And how come? Uh, two, two main reasons. Um, 
in general, the resumes are better for all of these women than they were like, there were like some kind of considerable cutoffs. I also think, and it was just to the point that one of the um, comments I think had earlier about Kristen Clever, I feel like it's a little bit harder to assess the change in eras. Like it does feel like the women now are considerably better than the women then. But I'm I'm just not sure because you still have these women, you know, like Terry Helga's daughter or Annie Thor's daughter or even Sam Briggs who are able to straddle those eras and continue to be really good and relevant. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why people stop competing. And in the women's case, sometimes that's to start a family or if they have kids. Um, and then it's not it's not that they couldn't have continued to do what Annie and Sam did. It's just that they chose to go a different direction with their life. So someone like Michelle Kenny, who has a small amount of appearances, Kristen Clever has a small amount of appearances. What if they had tried to continue to compete for eight or ten years? I think Kenny did try. <clears throat> I think she, I, I think that the field out, out ran away from her. I could be wrong. Oh, let's find. So, Brian. Is there a delineation? Is there a strong line? If you said, I think Jamal wrote it in the comments a, a while back. Are, you are not looking, you are not trying to compare the old athletes to the new athletes, but you, what you're doing is, is comparing the athletes relative to the field when they competed. Is that fair to say or no? Uh, yes and no. I, I don't know if Michelle so it's blurry. continued to try, by the way. The last year that she has a regionals appearance was also the last year she made the games. And the last yeah. year she made the games was not, a, it was a 12th place finish and it wasn't her worst finish. So it wasn't like she was tapering off or falling off there. Um, so I don't know why she stopped competing, but during the what year was that? What year was that? 2014. Okay. God, I can't believe that's that's eight years ago. I mean, I mean, most people probably never even heard of her, right? Yeah, and the game's website has an incomplete record of her competition history. That's weird. No, it happens. Uh, it happens for a couple different reasons, but she's not the only one. I think they're working on it, but it's taking a long time. I was being facetious. <laughs> uh, is, is T, it, do we know if T, since yet? I know I asked you this yesterday. Has anything changed? Is T competing? She'll be competing at the Down Under CrossFit Championship. Oh, That's all we know. Uh, oh, I did hear about that, by the way, from Rob Forte, who's one of the part owners of that competition now. And he says that one of the other owners has a great relationship and always has with Tia and Shane. And that's why they're going to have their whole um, contingency of proven athletes at the competition. Oh. So that was nice of Rob. That was nice of Rob. I'll probably get in trouble for sharing that with you. I don't think so. Okay, next slide. And we, uh, th this is the one with Daniel Brandon. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so at 21 was Daniel Brandon. Number 20, Amanda Barnhart. Number 19, the amazing Valerie uh, Voberal, for those of you who don't know, she, she was also one of the athletes in the 2009 games when Jason Kalipa passed out um, on the run and got up and finished that event. I think that was event number one. Valerie also uh, passed out as she crossed the finish line. She actually did a somersault as she crossed the finish line, and I think that was the end of her day. She actually she turned white. It was pretty crazy. And then uh, – and then after that, she came back and she was basically a powerhouse. She was one of those athletes. I think the folklore around her was is that she only trained once a day. She had a kid. Um, you, when you would ask her what she music. She was a teacher. That sounds right. 
when you'd ask her what kind of music she would listen to when she worked out, it would be like shit like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. It'd be like kids' music. She was she's a- actually a good example of what I was uh, talking about. <clears throat> so her, she competed in uh, 2010. She was immediately on the podium that year behind Chris Clever and Annie Thor's daughter, who had probably the it was probably the best battle between two athletes at the top of the podium ever. They were like first and second on nearly every event. She wasn't in the field the next year. She came back in 2012 and took fifth, 2013 third, 2014 fifth. Then she had two years of not being at the games and came back in 2017. So, she, you know, it's a seven-year stretch from her first to last games appearance, and she was only able to finish 32nd there, so considerably worse than the other uh, four years. Um, and that is a data point that, you know, uh, shows – you know, possibly the difficulty of continuing to extend <clears throat> a career across into a new era, which I would consider 2017, 2017 to be a new era for the CrossFit Games going to Madison, different calibers of athletes, younger, fitter, training longer in the sport in the field. Uh, going back, um, by the way, she was kind of like the Ariel Lowen of her day. She was kind of like the first one, high profile mom to be like, hey, uh, only better. You know, four top five finishes over five years. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, she was impressive. Uh, going back to Tristan. The Cl- update show used to call her a, a, what a, a Toyota Corolla. You don't, you don't really Is think very highly of it, but it's just extremely reliable over time. Damn. Uh, and for those of you who are wondering how good Christian Clever is, I mean, just think about it. Annie's still in the game kicking ass, and her nemesis back in the day was Clever. And it was close. <clears throat> by the way, we, I saw Kristen Clever recently at a street parking event, and she looks fitter now than she did back then. Now, I'm not saying she is fitter. I saw her at the Granite sh- Games. Yeah, she looks she looks looks great. I think. Yeah, she looks amazing. Uh, Al, uh, uh, Alessandra Pacelli uh, eight uh, very very um, dominant cross female CrossFit athlete. Uh, I don't think she ever made it to the podium, did she? Nope. Pacelli's- Lot of high hopes for her. Uh, came out of the Bay Area in California, Diablo CrossFit athlete. Kind of surprised to see her so low on this list. Yeah, well, she had some you know ups and downs in her career. She she had a fourth place finish. She was really close to making the podium in 2013. That year was Briggs, Valenzuela, and Voberal. Uh, then, but she also had uh, you know her next best finishes were ninth, tenth, fourteenth, fourteenth, and she had some lower ones. Um, so longevity is really playing in her favor here over uh, excellent performances. And that's where it's really tough. You know, you look at uh, the resume of Wobrel and you look at the resume of Pacelli and I could very, like, I could very easily justify flipping them and saying that Val was more impressive than Alice, Alessandra over her career. Um, it's, you know, those are the, those are the tough calls. And that's what I was pretty much dealing with throughout this entire, the entire creation of this list. I think that, uh, you know, Alessandra is kind of for people who were around back then. She's uh, well known and remembered for some specific things, including uh, kind of the creation of that kipping legless rope t- climb technique that a lot of women are still using in competition today. Um, and yeah, she was uh, you know a part of that California crew that was uh, sort of at the foundation of um, you know like the, the top tier of women, along with Rebecca Voigt, Val Vobrel, and, and Lindsay Valenzuela. Uh, at the early onset of the sport for women. Uh, in 17th, uh, Jamie Simmons, uh, Simmons, formerly known as Jamie Green. I wonder what you're going to think of this, uh, Brian. Um, she is the, uh, she's uh, Bethany Shadburn, but the generation before. She's Chandler Smith. 
she's one of these athletes that popped up onto the scene and got a shitload of attention was a powerhouse an insane physique uh but 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 it didn't happen well and, and jason hopper might be the next version of that although i don't think so I mean, we're seeing just Jason to put it in Klein. perspective. Yeah, you know, yeah. Bethany Shadburn, four appearances at the games, finishes of 22nd, 16th, 8th, and 20th. Mm-hmm. Jamie Simmons, four appearances at the games, uh, finishes of 8th, 11th, 3rd, and 12th. Significantly better. Right. But, but sort of the generation before, right? She's five years. She, she's like, five, came on the scene. What was the Jamie Simmons' first games appearance versus Bethany Shadburn's? I'm guessing it's five years ago. Oh, Jamie Simmons. Oh, I'm sorry, because she has different names. But you kind of see the comparison I'm drawing here. It's not a dig at those people. I know I presented it like it's a dig. It really isn't. I mean, it's hard. There's there's a lot of great competition, but these are all three people with insane physiques came on and like a a lot of wow factor. Not 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 really that different. Uh, But I think that both of their year uh, first years were the same in 2017. Oh, okay, okay. I thought uh, Jamie was. Had been Both came in bit. 2017. Jamie beat her in 2017. Jamie beat her in 2018. Jamie beat her in 2019. And she beat her in 2020. So clearly a tier above Bethany Shadburn. Is Was Jamie Green, Jamie Simmons, uh, uh, a, a different – was she a professional athlete who pivoted? I'm not sure. You know, the year before she competed at the games the first time, she won the Open and they took, t- took third place with the team. CrossFit Yas in 2016. I don't know what her competition history was before then in CrossFit or otherwise. All right. I feel like I feel, oh, I feel here like... we go. Ah, it doesn't really say. Oh, rugby player, gymnast and rugby player. But I don't know at what level. Right. I have Keelan Green coming on today at 10 o'clock. Keelan Henry. What'd I say? Keelan Green? Yeah. No, he did not take Jamie's uh, old name. You're right, Keelan Henry. <laughs> And I was doing some research on him yesterday. That guy is yoked. Mm-hmm. Incredible. He has an incredible physique. You would really like his his body, I think. Yeah, his arms are absolutely nuts. Who had the other crazy arms at the games? Triceps. Uh, Carone, right? Carone's arms are. He's he's like one of those guys with bigger triceps than biceps. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, back to the list. Here we go. Have we seen um have we seen uh oh and Bethany Shadburn's not on this list? <clears throat> no. Because she just because even though she has the same amount of appearances as Jamie Simmons, she just had she did, did her, for example, she has Bethany Shadburn has the same number of appearances as Michelle Kenny, but she, her average finish over those years was five places worse. And okay. Bethany did it later on or more recently, which I would say is uh, you know. It's a little bit – it's better to do it more recently, but I still just don't think that her resume st- uh, stacks up well enough to get on the list. Okay, fair. Uh, Rebecca Voigt, whoo, uh, 10 appearances. This is the most appearances of anyone in the history of individual competition or no? No. Tied for third, uh, Ben Smith and Annie Thorzetter have 11 each. Wow. Tied for third with Kara Saunders. It, it, now Rebecca also has a couple of masters appearances to her credit, but ten in the individual women's field. I'd get those couple of masters appearance. I smell bacon. Those couple of masters appearances must be equivalent to uh, one of Ben's because Ben was invited. That that one doesn't really count. Who who else is it? Ben. So Annie has eleven. Yeah. So Annie's the winner. Yeah. 
It was Becca Voigt the first person to hit 10? I think so. I give him credit for that. That's pretty cool. I think we were there for that, actually. Uh, her average finish, is that is that the lowest average finish of anyone on the list, the top no. 30 list? No. Yeah, her was, last one was 2018, and we were there for it uh, when she qualified in uh, Southern California down there. And then a few months later, my career took a fucking dismal turn. <laughs> uh, the only people with lower average finish on the list are the last two people on the list, Stacey Tovar and Margot Alvarez. Okay, and, and so 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 th- that's a, so number twenty nine and thirty are the only two people who have a lower average finish than Rebecca Voigt, mm-hmm. which is fair. She's been to the games ten times. Was her career basically just like a? I mean, was it just a curve, just up and then down? I mean, is it pretty Rebecca Voigt? Yeah, is it pretty obvious as, as she got to the end that shit was falling apart? Uh, I mean, what place did she get her tenth year? Tenth twenty seventh. Okay. Three years before that, she got 31st. And that was 2015, oh. 24th oh. the year before that. So from 2013 to 2014, she definitely, you know, lost some ground. In the years before that, she was 11th, 10th, 3rd, 7th. She had an off year 20th in 2019. Her first year in 2008, she took 7th also. So, but I mean, Rebecca Voigt is, uh, <clears throat> I think, is an inc- one is probably if you want to be healthy. Uh, over a long period of time, she's a great role model to have healthy and fit over a long period of time. She has found a way. Um, and I think a lot of actually the athletes on this list, the, the old school athletes have done this. I think Stacey Tovar has managed to do it. Margot Alvarez to leverage their elite fitness into elite health, um, where they're still training and able to compete if they want to at a super high level, but that their lifestyle is a reflection of what the CrossFit methodology was intended to be, which in many cases, the the elite CrossFit athletes' lifestyle is not necessarily that. Uh, what has she, how has she done in Masters? Has she won any Masters titles? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to get this wrong. Um, it's okay. She, no, no one will know. They will know. Uh, plus, I respect Rebecca a lot, and don't want to. Um, this is passion fruit, by the way. There, I have thousands of these all over my property right now. Three ninety nine a pop at Whole Foods, and yet the, the, it's an. I live in a, the abundance lifestyle. Thousands of them. She has been third, third, second, and third. So she hasn't won any, but she's been four times on the podium in the Masters division, in addition to ten individual CrossFit Games appearances. Do, do you know who's winning that? Who's fucking? Who's keeping it off the podium? Who's keeping it off first place? Is it a former Sam game? Briggs one year? Uh, it's like pretty good. Let's check this year. That's nuts. The, like when the the women that are beating her are uh, so. Oh no, she didn't compete this year. It was last year. The women that are beating her are mostly recognizable. Um, oh my gosh. I guess it's been a while. Wait, are you telling me Sam Briggs competed Masters and then came back to individual? 2019, Anna Tobias and Carlene Matthews beat her. Okay. Wow, Carlene Matthews. And uh, Sam Briggs did compete in 2018. She actually lost to Anna Tobias that year as well. That year, Rebecca competed as an individual. 2017, Stephanie Waugh and Joey Kimden beat her joey's a dude a girl yeah oh she is so so impressive if you don't know who she is 
Joey Kimden? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I wonder she, if has, I'm she was even in like uh, the sanctional years in her 40s. She was competing in some elite open fields. Um, oh, because she was in the 40 to 44. This hey, but, uh, are, are you telling me Sam Briggs went masters and then came back and competed as an individual? Yeah. So did Has Rebecca. anyone else ever done that? That's fucking nuts. Yeah, Rebecca. This year, I forgot she aged up. When Wait, you're that, saying Rebecca Voigt also competed as a Masters and then came back and competed as an individual at the mm -hmm. Games? Wow. 2017 the only, to 2018. Are those are they the Probably. only two athletes who've ever done that? Probably, but I think Jason Smith you, really wants to do it this next year. He wants to prove me wrong. Uh, Kelly Freel and Jen Ryan beat her this year. They are both phenomenal Masters athletes, both Jen and Rebecca and Kelly, I think, actually all qualified for semifinals as individuals in the 40 to 44 division. They still qualified for semifinals. That's why, like, that's a great example of why the women's stats are inflated relative to the men's. There's no men in the 40 to 44 division that have a chance of qualifying for semifinals with how many people are competing. But in the women's field, you can extend that fitness for a long time. Um, and still be competitive. And then last year, she also lost to Kelly Friel. Took second that year. Um, I can't believe Briggs and, um, and, and Becca did that. That's nuts. Uh, that was the year. I think Briggs had some an injury that year that prevented her from competing in the individual um, regionals. But she was able to do the Masters Online Qualifier. Or maybe the other way around. She had done the Qualifier. Then she got an injury and she was unable to do the, the the regionals, but she had already qualified as a master. So she was able to go masters and she was able to recover and get second place in the master's division. And then, you know, it wasn't that she wasn't good enough that year to make it. She just had got an injury that prevented her from doing regionals. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Uh, don't you remember Joey Heatherton, Savon? I don't. I don't remember who that is. I have no idea. Uh, Rich Froning Jr. will compete next year in Masters, right? I doubt it. Uh, can I see uh, number 15? Well, not exactly who I thought. Not exactly who I thought, but. I think he said that because it's another woman named Joey. Oh, oh. Gotcha. Uh, do you think Sam Big Briggs repeats in 2014, if not for the handstand walking event? Wow, 100%. Really? No, no questions asked. I mean, she, she would have won the games again for sure. I think for sure. Uh, that year's the year that Camille won. That uh, Cara Saunders was right in the mix with Camille. It would have been. I th I think that Cara probably would have beat her, but it would have been close. And I think that Sam would have beat them both if she had been able to be there. Damn! Great question, David. Shit! I give you question of the show. Wow! Wow! And even though <clears throat> there are some good and recognizable names on this list. I think it's the 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 weakest games field for the women <clears throat> since moving to uh, Carson, California. That's a, the top ten that year. There was a long. There was for years after that. There were nobody, nobody from this top ten was able to get back inside the top ten uh, until Annie Thor's daughter did it. Um, what what what's the number of the thirty athletes on this list? How many of them are active? active right now okay well i guess we'll count tia so one yeah two, three i guess anyone four, who competed last year uh, sam briggs not active so five uh six carrie pierce is retired seven eight nine i don't know if i should count jamie simmons or not we will 10 11 12 13 
13 of the 30. 13 of the 30. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, That's counting Tia and Jamie Simmons. <clears throat> and, and, and do you know the average uh, years that these women have competed on this list by any chance? The, what do you mean? The average number it, of times they've qualified for the games? No, no, or the yeah, average number of years they competed over their career? Oh, let's say let's say the, the first one. How many times they've competed in the games, the average? Six and a half. Okay, and, and the cro- and CrossFit's about sixteen years old, seventeen years old. Okay, let's actually do it. Let's find out what that is for the men. For the men in the top thirty, it's average of six point two. It's a little less. So, so there is a bias for whatever reason. Maybe it's legitimate. Maybe bias isn't the right word, but there is a uh, uh, if you're active. The, the people who are competing now are, are dominating this list. Average, well, there's average, less than half of them. I know, but the, but the sport's been around 16 years with an average years of competing at 6.5 years. And okay. so if 13, if 13 of the 30 are on there, it's more than a third. I I don't know. My, my quick napkin math. Uh, Camille, number 15, that is the lowest. Is, is that the lowest of anyone's on the list that um, won the CrossFit Games? That's also competed more than twice, yes. Because Why, the first who, three who, champions were, are not on the list. Jolie, Katie, and Tanya didn't make the list. Okay. So if anyone who's on the list, that's the lowest placement of a champion. Yeah. And that's actually, you know, yeah. Jolie did compete three times and she had three top 10 finishes. So it's, you know, it's, I was, I was interested and you didn't bring her up and neither did Barbell Spin Guy and neither did anyone else. So, you know, someone wanted to ask about Katie Mather, 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 who has the worst resume of the three champions from the Carson era. Wait, uh, what didn't I bring up? We talked about Katie in the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, because Barbell Spin Guy mentioned her in the comments, and I mentioned that Tanya Wagner had a better resume, and I was thought that you might ask about Jolie Gentry, but you didn't. Jolie also has a better resume than Katie Mather. Jolie competed in three games, seven, eight, and nine? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, first, fifth, and seventh. Could could you know? Could make an argument that she could squeak into a bottom spot on this list. She, and she wasn't even a crumb. <laughs> uh, Camille, 15. Uh, Julie Fouché, 14. Christy Aramo O'Connell, uh, 13. Haley Adams, uh, Brooke Wells. Eight appearances by Brooke Wells. Wow. I think she's only 27 years old. <clears throat> Brooke? Yeah. And when you think about, you know, the fact that uh, – you know, a- athletes like Kristen Holt and Annie Thorzad are still qualifying and doing very well into their 32, 33, 34, 35. Carrie Pierce, same thing. Um, Cara Saunders, same thing. And if she continues to do that, uh, she could string together, I don't know, 14 or 15 games appearances. That's <laughs> It just depends how long these athletes can, can uh, keep up this level of competitive excellence. That's what someone was saying about Mal O'Brien when you asked that question earlier if anyone could ever, you know, match or pass by what Tia can do, like it's a, it's not just making the games. It's not just doing well at the games. Like you also have to figure out a way to keep your body healthy enough, uh, injury free enough and your mind motivated enough to want to, to want to commit to doing that year after year after year. Are, um, are all of Becca Voigt's 10 appearances consecutive? 
No. You should uh, know that since we already addressed the fact that she went masters and then came back to the individual field. Are Brooke, good point. Are Brooke Wells is eight consecutive? I think so. Who has the most consecutive? Ah, now you're asking. This is a question that uh, Noah Olson was asking about uh, last week because it's uh, technically the most consecutive are Ben Smith with 11. However, he didn't qualify for all 11 of those. He, he 2009, you could just show up. 2019, he was invited. So Ben had nine consecutive qualifications. Also, Noah Olson, BKG, and Cole Sager currently have nine consecutive qualifications. All wow. three of them could potentially have 10 consecutive qualifications next year, which although it wouldn't match Ben's 11 appearances, would eclipse his nine straight qualifications. On the women's side, there's a lot of athletes that are uh, in this kind of vicinity, Brooke Wells being one of them. She has qualified for eight consecutive games since 2018. Tia Claire Toomey, same thing. And I think well, so, some of the uh, – Katrin lost her streak this year. Kara Saunders' streak is, it was interrupted. Sam Briggs' streak was interrupted. I think Holta had eight in a row, but then she retired. Um, so And then Voights were interrupted. So in terms of consecutive games appearances for the women – or qualifications in this case, because they've there's no uh, none of these women have uh, were invited or just could show up and do it. It's Tia and Brooke right now. With but eight. if Tia retires, Brooke could take the edge in that regard. Tia is not retiring. Well, there's you know it's a it's an unknown, so we'll just talk about it for what it is. What do you know? Is there stuff you know, know that, that you said? Every, I know that she told everyone she was retiring on the last day of the games, and then she didn't retire. She did not. That is not accurate, Brian. What's, the, what's not accurate? I don't think she was the one doing the telling, right? Her people, her camp was doing <clears throat> the telling. The people who are closest to her communicated Correct. to the people that needed to know yes. for their calls and their award ceremony presentation, uh, the layout of that, the format of that. Yes. That, that that was her intention and of how she was going to do it. And then yes. she didn't do it. And I've talked about how this, you know, how I feel about this. So we don't, I don't think we need to talk about it again. I like talking about it. Oh, I oh I look at this. Look at this. Jason Kleepa just texted me. I don't normally read text, but I'm read this one. I saw some good feedback on YouTube from our podcast with Nikki Rod. Oh, yes. Have to see that interview I did with Jacob Rodriguez. If you're if you if you have if you're an athlete, what a cool kid! If you have kids, you should make your kids watch the last half an hour of that interview. I don't know how much I swear in it, but he's never drank, he's never smoked weed, he doesn't do any drugs. He comes out and says it's fucking crazy the amount of steroids in jujitsu. He does not do ju any drugs. He was so fucking cool. Savon is poking the beast. Brian, I think you're the beast, Brian. He, the, he, do you take offense oh, wow. to that? He's referring to you as the beast. What a uh, great question, Stephen Flores. Travis Mayers, how many consecutive um, appearances does he have, Brian? Thank Mayer. you, Stephen. Uh, well, he missed a year. Son of a bitch. He was pregnant? Uh, 
I don't uh, no, no. That was the year he fin- I think he f- just missed by one spot at regionals that year. Does demo team count? It does not. I'm speaking for Brian on that while he looks through stuff. I'll answer any questions for Brian while he's doing the research. Oh, Brad Williams, Travis missed two years. No shit. He missed oh he oh uh 2013 and 2015. Missed. His game's profile is also incomplete. Uh, so, you know, but he did miss those two years. I'm very happy. Would you oh, yeah, he missed 2018. That was the bench press year. That's the year I was thinking of. Are you excited? Do you want, aren't you, you don't want Tia to retire though, right? Uh... You know, this is one of those, this is, goes back to like the debate that we had with John Young about the parody versus the dominance. <clears throat> like I am, you know, I have always been in sports, a fan of, of records and streaks and, you know, elite level performance. Uh, and so, you know, having Tia in the field, you're going to just continue to, to establish that bar for the question that you're asking of what is achievable, what is doable, what is sustainable in terms of the peak performance and excellence. And then that mark will be higher and higher, uh, you know, for, for history to chase down. But it's a little boring having her in the field at this point. You know, there is the only people who are picking anyone other than Tia to win the games are, are they're not, they don't actually believe that's going to happen. They're just doing it to have a conversation. It's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point that if she competes healthy, she's going to win. And I don't, you know, I don't, that's what we were talking about. Is that a good thing for the sport? Like, does that draw up the drama? If you take Tia out of the equation, I think at the very least, there's two women that are easily, like, um, immediately favorites to win the games. If Annie comes back and competes, well, she has, she does it rogue. She could be in that conversation. But you if know, someone, no. but if she leaves, the opportunity to beat her is gone. I know that that's a big deal for you, um, and you know, it's it's one of those, you know, it's one of those things in sports. Like, do you, you know, are you? A, sometimes people are like, you know, I'm going to go out on top, and I'm feeling like this is the. You know, I've pushed my body as far as I can and for as long as I want to, and I was able to do that and, and still win. But, uh, you know, I'm done. And I think that to some degree, that's what Rich did with the individual. He didn't, it wasn't his body, but it was more of just the mind and commitment. At least that's what he said. And the same thing for Fraser. Where he's like, you know, if, for those that don't know, I have poured every ounce of my preparation year after year after year into this because I never wanted to have that 2015 feeling again. And that just was, you know, I think for, for Fraser and the level of commitment and seriousness that he had to that, that was a draining on him. And he didn't, you know, even after 2020, I think he was done wanting to do that. But, you know, some people around him said, I think you, I think you should go for one more. I think you'll feel better about that, which he did. And then he was finally like, I did one more. You guys told me to, but I mean, I've had enough. And, and I that was, it, and that was his best year. 2021. Whatever his last year was, right? You could say that it was the best year. Yeah. Okay, back to the list. Back to the list. Back to the list. You don't want Tia to compete, is what I heard. That's what I heard. How I heard you answer that. I don't mind her in the field. <clears throat> it just, you know, it dramatically changes the conversation, right? Because uh, if she's in the field, then it's like, yep, she's she's clearly the person to beat. It's the expectation for someone to do it is extremely low. <clears throat> if she's out of the field, some could make an argument that there's up to six women that have a chance to win and maybe up to 10 women that have a chance to podium. And now that parody in the sport might, you know, that could drive a lot of interest as well. A parody spelt with an I, not with an O as we learned on that show. Uh, top 10s. What does that mean? And they're all tied at four 
Brooke, Haley, Christy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Top tens. You see it? See how it says top tens? And they're all they're all blue. That number four. What does that mean? What's top tens? Thank you. Oh well, he uh, Michael chose to highlight the best person per page in each category. In this case, all of those athletes have the exact same number of top 10 finishes at the games over their career, which is four. So we highlighted all. Brooke has never had um, more than four top 10 finishes in the eight years. Brooke's event finishes by year 16th, 6th, 14th, 8th, 16th, 5th. Oh, 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 oh. Back and forth. I, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what, I, I was thinking of event. I keep confusing that. I was thinking about events that that's at the end of the week. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next page, please, Mr. Beaver. Number six of all time. Well, let's start at number 10. Number 10 of all time, the greatest American. Is it fair to call her the greatest American who ever competed in the... I mean, Kristen Clever's right there at nine, also American. I think that these, in my opinion, these are the two best, and you could make an argument either way. And I've chosen to give Kristen the, the nod here over Carrie, but it's no, in my opinion, it's no slight at Carrie. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, uh, Kristen Holta and Laura Horvat at six. The only person on this second page that's going towards the left is Laura Horvat, and the other four are going that way. Well, yeah, you look that just right behind them. You have Brooke Wells, Haley Adams, Christy Aramo. Christy's probably getting towards the end of her career, but like we said, Brooke could could, could potentially have six or seven more years. Haley could potentially have ten to twelve more years. And obviously, if either one of them does that, they'll you know they'll move past these people. What does this mean? I'm leaking. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to speculate on that. Okay, I know. It would be weird to speculate on it. Uh, Mr. Serrano, 2020 was Fraser's last year. What? Huh? I think you're right. Thank you for the correction. Eight appearances by Kristen Holta, not uh, not consecutive? Eight appearances by Kristen Holta, I think, were consecutive. Okay. They were consecutive, but then she retired. All right. Uh, top 10 finish. Wow. Man, she was good. Is she the least? Does she have the least notoriety of any great CrossFit athlete? Who? Kristen Holta. <sighs> you tell me. I mean, do you think she has more, more notoriety than Carrie Pierce? No. Chris Clever? Uh. Not not relative to the day, Laura Horvat. No, definitely not. I just I just don't hear Kristen Holta's name enough relative to her success. I mean, she's a powerhouse. Yeah, incredible. She was on the podium in 2019. Second place to who? Tia. Shit. Who took third? Jamie Simmons. Crazy. I don't even remember that year. Oh, it's because I was sitting on a couch yeah, I mean, crying because I, I mean, wasn't this doing is a, a pretty, I mean, I know that it's a pretty impressive, her, her stretch from 2017 to 2001 to me is very, very impressive. 2021. 17th to 21. 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. 
that five-year stretch. She In 17 and 18, I consider those to be pr- very strong women's fields historically. She finished seventh both years. The athletes that beat her, Tia twice, Kara twice, Annie twice, Katrin twice, Carrie once, and Tennille Reed, Berlion once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that those are good years. Athletes. What happened do, to her? What happened to Tennille? I think she got married and had a kid. Oh, and that's what happens to, to, to women. Like we talked about, some of them choose to do that. Athletes that she beat in those years: Brooke Wells, Jamie Green, or Simmons, Sam Briggs, Christy Aramo, Carrie Pierce, uh, Jamie again, Pacelli, Berline, Cassie Lance McMorder, Camille, Christy Aramo, Brooke Wells, Pacelli, Barnhart. Like pretty good athletes that she's beating. So that's what I'm saying. You know, that's a pretty Good. Those were pretty good years. She was taking seventh. 2019 and 20, everyone knows how I feel about that. She got second place in 2019. It's her best finish. The um, whatever. Oh, look at Daniel Sands because she went to OPEX and all her shit got good. Is that really what happened? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, is missed the 2020 final five took six that year comes back to the full games field in 2021 and takes fourth. And the fact that she was able to come back and in a games field that was now she lost to Tia, Laura and Annie that year, which is not, nothing wrong with that. She beats Haley, Gabby, Mal, Christy, Amanda, Katrin, Daniel, Brandon, Emma McQuaid. I mean, it's, this was also obviously a very competitive field and she's able to at the tail end of her uh, career, which ends up being her last year, take fourth anyway. So she, to me, is an incredible resume. Those five years are very impressive. Even in the years before that, um, she enters into the scene 2014 with a 16th, 17th, and 13th or 12th place finish, excuse me. Um, there's just not a lot. There's not a lot not to like about Kristen Holt's, Holt's career overall, which is why she's so high on this list. From a small country called Norway. Is this true, Caleb? I will never. Did Trish introduce the word Badusi on this show? Is that true? Yeah, Trish I, gets credit? I think wow. so. Wow. Trish. Wow. It's, it's amazing the history that people uh, remember. Could I see that? Could I see that list again? And she's toast, right? Is she going teams? Is Holta going teams? She retired. She, like, like done, she's done. Not, not competing anymore. Instead, she's coaching and she's actually. The athletes that she's coaching and the Krieger training plan that she's built up there in Oslo, uh, across at Oslo, is incredibly impressive. Matilda Garns, who qualified for the games, came through here. Sahar Kaya, who qualified for the games out of Asia but lives in Norway, she came through there. This is, you know, uh, <clears throat> the CrossFit Oslo team, Lena Richter, Ingrid, Ivan, uh, Nicola Bieladell, all these guys. Like, this is, uh, they're creating kind of the what I would consider the version of the Kleshnikov team in Russia or the mayhem in the United States or maybe what Underdogs is hoping to do in the U.S., but for Norway, where the best collection of athletes are all going there and they have teams that are doing well and young individuals that are doing well. And I think Kristen is in large part responsible for that and at the forefront of that movement. So even though it's not relevant for this list, in a, in a lot of the ways that people want to, you know, credit Rich, rightfully so, for what he's created outside of himself, for, you know, in, in the mayhem empire there. I feel like Kristen is doing some of that in Norway for the CrossFit. For the okay, CrossFit. okay, okay. Don't be comparing Kristen to Rich. Don't get fucking ahead of yourself yet. There have I'll- to be these leaders in, in, in their countries that are moving things forward. That's the argument for 
um, CrossFit always reserving a spot for one athlete from Africa, even if they're always last, one athlete from Asia, one athlete from South America. And that over time, because they have that exposure, it'll drive up the level of interest. That's what happened in Iceland with Annie. She got to the game. She went to the games. Iceland got hold of it back home, started playing this stuff, and it inspired people to start pursuing that as well. That's why Reykjavik is one of the biggest and most successful gyms in the world. Katrin David's daughter was inspired by Annie and started doing that. And I think that a lot of the competitive athletes in Norway were similarly inspired by Kristen Holta just a few years after Annie. And Iceland has more boxes per capita than anywhere, any country in the world. It would, you know, it'd be like me saying that, uh, you know, Mikos, you know, if, if you don't want to compare her to Rich Froning in her country, it would be the same thing as not saying that Miko Sela was an inspiration for the Finnish CrossFit community, which I think, you know, just because uh, he hasn't had the same level of impact globally that Rich has had doesn't mean that his level of impact isn't significant in his part of the world. Damn. You steamrolled me. You steamrolled me. Uh, just to show off a little bit, Alina uh, Richter took sixth in the uh, Madrid CrossFit World Championships, blah, 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 whatever that is. Uh, I wonder if Christian Holta was there coaching her. Mm, I didn't see Kristen in any of the stuff I was watching or following. I don't know. Oh, well, okay. Well, then she is no Rich Froning. I rest my case. Uh, Laura Horvat, uh, she will be climbing, right? Outside of being struck by lightning. Or as Brian said, that's what happens to women. Outside of that happening to Laura Horvat, he was referencing getting married and pregnant. Um, having unprotected sex outside of that happening, Laura will continue to climb on this list, right? Yeah. I mean, look, Laura's competed for five years at the games. Her average event finish is significantly weighed down by the circumstances of 2019 and 20 in the three years that she's showed up to a, a live competition and been given an opportunity to do the full test. She's placed second, second, and third. Three of the women that have beaten her out of the four are Tia Claire Toomey. Anybody else on this list, Everyone else on this list, apart from Katrin Davis' daughter, has never beaten Tia Claire Toomey at the games. So it's almost like winning those two years. And then she lost to Mal O'Brien this year. We, we talked a little bit about that this uh, earlier in the show when we were uh, referencing that article in those graphs. Um, and then she has a 15th and a 24th. Those are obviously weighing down her average event finish and her resume overall. That 15th place finish was in 2019. We already mentioned that she was cut, one of the final 10 cut before the last 10 went on to the, rest, the other half of the competition. And look, look, just look at what happened this year at the games from those graphs that we showed. She would have been cut this year too. But what a travesty that would have been because we wouldn't have got to see the potential of her fitness over the entirety of the test. This is a perfect example. And if you flip the test- God bless Adrian then, Bosman. If you flip the test, then, we would have, then Mal O'Brien would have been cut. And we wouldn't have gotten to see her podium in her second year at the games. So that's, you know, that's why when we talk about the 2019 games, I have a, you know, it's not the athlete's fault. Athletes can, all they can do is show up and take the test that's given to them. The format was so dramatically different than what we've come to understand the sport to be, which is the breadth of the test, the whole test, the ability to do a broad test. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so it's like it's one of these things, Jeremy. Like, we we don't want to discount it entirely, but we do have to consider when we're looking at those things. Like I talked about with Terry Helga daughter, that a ninth place in 2019 is not as impressive as a 13th in 2021. Um, 
Logan, geez, I wrote, I wrote you off in the beginning of the show. I'm sorry. For $1.99, I will unwrite you off. Uh, and, strike uh, that. You, know, and you are no Jamal Smith, though. You have been replaced. Uh, Brian, um, going back to that list, if if Mal O'Brien, um, sorry, when Mal O'Brien takes second place in 2023 at the CrossFit Games, where will you drop her on this list? If she has a, finishes of second, second, and seventh in her first three years, all three years competing against a very good field, only ever being beaten by Annie Thor's daughter and Tia Claire Toomey, I think she's got a pretty similar resume to Justin Medeiros. She would probably would fall in. To, she'd probably immediately be asserted into the top ten. Wow. How about top five? Mm, not yet. Okay. Uh, and the final page with a minute and a half left in the show. <laughs> Samantha Briggs, uh, definitely going that way. Car Saunders, definitely going that way. Katrin David's daughter. If I speak objectively, who knows which way she's going. Annie <laughs> Thor's daughter with 11 f- appearances. And Tia Toomey, number one best female CrossFitter in the history of uh, CrossFit. Does anyone look at her, how much blue she gets? Six titles, eight podiums, eight top tens. She's never been out of the top ten at the CrossFit Games. She's never been out of the top two. Where did she come from? The land down under. A uh, 35. Ev- Caleb, you should have put cute up that sign right there. 30, 35 event wins. So just so you know, uh, if you take second and third place, that's 27 plus seven is 34. She has more event wins than number two, three, and four combined. Yeah, and this is, you know, to your point of, uh, you know, when you asked if Matt Fraser's last year was his best year, and yeah, I, I did misspeak there. Yes, 2020 was his last year. Then 2020 also is where Tia accumulates, I think, 14 event wins or something like that, 10 of which or nine of which were at the stage two of the games where she only had to beat four people to do it. Um, you know, I wrote an article before this, the games this year that talked about you know, when you choose to have cuts in the field that you're taking out uh, the opportunity for someone to do really well in an event and impact a stat like that. So, uh, you know, it's like event wins at the games, incredibly impressive. It is something that I look at, obviously it's on this list, but in the, you know, in those cases for, for Tia and Matt, the event wins are greatly inflated by the fact that, you know, especially when you're comparing them to other greats in the sport, like Rich Froning or Annie Thor's daughter that weren't there, that, that didn't ever have an opportunity to do that um, in a year that they were competing in one of their peak years because the format was different. So that's probably it's prob- it's unlikely that anyone will ever catch them in terms of event wins, even if they do catch them in terms of titles or consecutive podiums or something like that. Man, when you look at these numbers, you see that Tia and Annie are in a league of their own. Tia's in a league of her own, and then Annie's in a league of her own. Average finish, 5.3 in her longevity. Is she the only – is there anyone else from the 2009 CrossFit Games who who competes at this level? Men men or women? How about 2010? I mean – you know, the, the Becca Voigt was there that year. Uh, ben Smith was there in 2009. You know, we're going we're going pretty far back, so not a lot. 
Right. And, 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 and Annie's like a serious contender. I mean, yeah, people think that uh, that she can win the games if Tia retires and she decides to compete individually next year. I don't think so, but there are people that believe that. People you res- people you respect. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Clark. I haven't asked Patrick about it. I, th- I don't think so. I think he would say that the, the best she can do is third. Um. Car Saunders is the only one on the list. God, thank you for all these stats, Brian. You did such a good job. Uh, Car Saunders uh, is the only one in the top five without a title. Mm-hmm. She uh, had to withdraw uh, in 2014, despite being in, locked in a battle for the win with um, with Camille. And that obviously has a negative impact, not just on her titles, but on basically every stat on the list. And then in 2009, uh, 2017, excuse me, she lost to Tia by two points. That was the beginning of Tia's run and the closest race you've ever had for the top spot on the podium. Um, so as close as you can be twice, basically, and uh, but, but no titles. Uh, of all the, the wins, every year when, when, you, when you crown the winner, you're like, yep, they got it right. Like no matter how much shit goes wrong, people riding their bikes the wrong direction on the track, chains coming off stupid of fucking baseball events what, whatever you think at the end there you're always like yep they got him uh i've there's two years in the history of the crossfit games for the women where i'm not i'm not sold on that but yep okay and that's where i was headed please tell me let's talk and, and i never even thought of the fact that you think that sam briggs would have won in 2014 so so in 2014 though you're saying that camille is probably the third fittest person woman on the planet the Sam and Cara were probably fitter than her. That was one of the years that was really fucked up. I think so. I don't want yeah. to take that away from Camille because Sam didn't pass the test to get there, which is right. fine. And, 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 you know, Cara had an injury, which happens in sports. There's a pinched nerve in her neck. Camille, you know, was great that year. She was extremely impressive. She was fun to watch. She had incredibly dominating performances, you know, and, uh, and she, she earned the title. But I do think that it's not unfair to say that, uh, if Kara had been healthy and if Sam had been able to handstand walk, that she would have placed third that year. Yeah, and what's the and what's the other what's the other year that you were? Uh... That's another one that we've talked about before. It's 2015. You know, Katrin won by I think it was like 56 points, and she earned 54 points for doing no work and not trying on pedal to the metal one. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh. and and that would have given um, Tia the win. Tia the win. Holy shit. Holy shit. But it would have been interesting from a psychological perspective to see what would have happened the next year. Because, um, and I've said this uh, every time I've ever talked about it, Ben, Bergeron, and Katrin David's daughter did nothing wrong. They played within the confines of the rules. I think the CrossFit games got that wrong. Caleb, can you hear anything he's saying? I'm sorry. No, I can't. Uh, neither can I. Okay. I'm Why? sorry, I'm Brian. You, you turned into, you turned into uh, Decepticon. 
you turned into a uh, uh, your, your internet connection got so bad that you turned into a robot. Is it still like that? Optimus Brian, yes. <laughs> it's better now. Yes, it's better now. Uh, you, you were we we lost you about how you were saying that they did nothing wrong and that it was it was a kind of CrossFit Games for not putting in a minimum work requirement or something along those lines. Yeah, they strayed from a precedent that they'd previously established in 2010. And then, uh, but it, it did have a big effect on the psychological component for both Katrin and Tia the next year. Oh, uh, meaning that it probably invigorated Tia. No, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what would have happened if Tia had won in 2015. You know, it's one of these things. It's like if Fraser had just shown up and won in 2014, or even if he'd just beaten Ben Smith in 2015 without the level of focus and preparation that he had going forward from there, would he ever have become that maniacal I see what in you're saying. pursuit of perfection right? Uh, in his preparation to try to win and win and win and win. So, you know, this is the, it's the story of champions in all sports. You know, a lot, there's almost always adversity before the ascension. Um, and so, you know, Tia may say that even, yeah, that she probably shouldn't have got those points for doing nothing and not even trying to do anything in that workout. But if I'd won in 2015, I may never have become the the the, the, the dominant athlete that I am now because you know I might not I might have taken for granted that I just could show up and win. I, I'm just speculating. But how how often will you update this list? What are the events that uh, next that... year after the games? Okay, so this is it. Yes, yeah. this is it. This is it. This list only gets updated once a year. Well, yeah, it's only considering one competition per year. Right. All right. Uh, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to? Uh, uh, just st- I appreciate the comments and I appreciate the questions and the criticism and critique. It is really tough. Uh, <laughs> part, one of the reasons I put this shirt on today is just to like remind myself that, uh, you know, uh, other people have have knowledge in this sport. Other people have, you know, valuable perspectives. Um, and it is really difficult. So I, you know, I, I put myself out there by doing this, by putting the data out there that I'm looking at. It's very easy for people to pull out the one thing that they want to and say, look at this. How could you ever make this ranking based on this criteria? But there's a lot of things that I try to take into account. And it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's quite difficult to do. I have tremendous respect and appreciation for all the athletes on this list and the ones I consider that didn't make it. Um, and you know, mostly just want to, like, that's the really, the desire for it is just to recognize, uh, the greatness of all of them. And, uh, for people that are new to the sport to inform and educate them about maybe some of the ones from previous eras. And if you want to go back and learn more about those athletes, you know, there's footage from the CrossFit games and all those years, you can go watch them compete and do some incredible stuff. And if you, uh, want to get a be friendly shirt, um, go to Sherpa, Sherpa, Sherpa.com. <laughs> Uh, I wish uh, Sean Woodland would call and weigh in. Uh, the one reason I put my be friendly shirt on is to remind myself that only Brian's opinion matters. Okay, everyone. Thank you, Caleb Beaver. Thank you. Guys, listen. In 85 minutes, I will be on here with Keelan Henry. The only hope that Africa has. Yeah. I don't know. I think they got some other other good guys out there. No, they don't. 